0: and you're listening to the here comes the thought podcast where we will take a look at steven universe episodes and take a look at the underlying themes and all the psychology elements that are uh deeply hidden within here with me i have uh cat hi and jan yo and so yo. today <laughs> <laughs> I'm so casual All right, so today we're going to be discussing uh, the episodes Bubble Buddies and Serious Steven. um, Who would like to take it away?
1: Oh, actually, let's give some disclaimers first. So one, again, this is still pretty new to us. um, Well, to Gian and Mark. So we are changing up the format as we go along. So we went from uh, the first three episodes being an hour long to this one is going to be about 30 minutes. So maybe a little bit longer because I'm kind of talking a lot right now. And then so every other episode will be about 30 minutes long, but also forgive Mark and myself because we are both sick.
2: I'm the picture of health here.
1: And luckily we're all in different We're all in different parts of the U S so we didn't share anything to get each other sick. I'm blaming mine on allergies and Mark is blaming his brother.
0: Totally, a hundred percent his fault.
1: So, uh, you, you everybody missed Mark singing before, and I think what I'm gonna do one day is while he's singing, just record. Shh.
0: Ooh. Now, now <laughs> I'm just gonna never sing again, guys.
1: You are going to sing again.
0: You guys are just gonna have to try to catch me while I'm in the car.
1: Mark, you're you're like me with singing. You're gonna. I mean, you're you're. You're gonna be just like me. Every time I mute my microphone, you guys just don't realize I'm actually singing.
0: <laughs> oh, Mal, wow, you really are like me because that's exactly what I do. <laughs> so you often mute your microphone? Oh yeah. Uh, when I'm on Discord with my friends, yes. So I've actually
2: heard Cat sing a few times already. I, I don't know. I don't know if you've muted it enough.
1: Really, really?
0: Yeah. No, we've heard yeah. you.
1: Listen, I, if I mute it, you should. No, no, you guys must be, like, delirious.
0: No, we heard just sing, here comes a thought. And I couldn't tell if you did it on purpose, like, you wanted us to hear you singing, <clears throat> or you thought you muted your
1: mic. No, thank you guys are crazy. Completely crazy. All right, so, uh, so, Bubble Buddies, um, so, Bubble Buddies, let's start with, this is where Steven finally meets Connie. Woo, Connie! I love Connie. Connie is an awesome character.
0: She's the best character, best human.
1: I, I can't wait till we see more episodes with Connie in them. But um, this is where Steven starts to show a little bit more of his, like, teenage side. Because every time we've seen him, he has... We, we've talked about how we don't feel he is uh, developmentally appropriate. He is very juvenile. And this is the first episode where we see sort of... You know standard all right guys you got to remind me is he supposed to be like 12 or 13 at this point 13
0: i think no he's 12. wait what yeah he's only 12 right now okay 12.
1: okay so but so this is the first time we actually kind of see that that point that part of him where he's a 12 year old boy developing developing feelings for someone else and what i thought was hilarious is that jan actually was the one who po- pointed this out Connie is reading Catcher in the Rye.
2: Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a sort of overlying theme in this whole episode, and it's pretty much being a teenager, right? It's actually talking about this sort of uh, developmentally appropriate behavior that Stephen should have. And he's starting to look for acceptance and, and validation in places outside of his home.
0: Another thing I kind of wanted to point out, I just kind of, like, I just now kind of thought of this. And the whole kind of underlying theme within The Catcher in the Rye is uh, Holden Caulfield is, like, uh, always calling people phonies, right? Well, in in the beginning of the episode, Steven himself is trying to act like someone he's not. He's trying to act older, trying to act cooler. He's trying to act phony in front of Connie to try to impress her. And it's only until, you know, later on in the episode when... He starts being more himself, that things start kind of uh, the bubble pops, or you know, whatever the case is, and you know, then they kind of start to bond more and become the friends that you know he's been trying so hard to to make. No,
1: so when he finally kind of lets his own guard down, yes, why did you feel like you needed to point out that he, she was reading Catcher in the Rye? So
2: first of all, I I saw the book and then I was reading the wiki and it sort of confirmed my suspicion and Connie's sort of character arc in this episode is her coming to terms with the fact that that she feels alone, that she feels like she'll never have friends, that she feels like an outsider, alienated, and she's trying to find her place in the world and i find it very interesting that well i would assume that's the book she's reading and she's looking for she's looking into literature to sort of express her current turmoil right and that's sort of central to geek therapy mm-hmm. and the network we were sort of trying to build so i thought it was a very interesting sort of example to bring up
1: I'm going to admit something. I've actually never read The Catcher in the Rye.
2: What? I haven't either. I Wikipedia it. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I the only person to oh, read the book? Okay, let me, okay, let me so be I'm... clear here. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you explain first and I'll explain myself.
1: So, so my reason for never reading The Catcher in the Rye was one, before I was in a public high school, I was in a Catholic uh, elementary school that, The Catcher in the Rye was not banned but it was kind of frowned upon Um, and then when I went into a public high school I was in advanced placement classes so they had pretty much assumed we had all read The Catcher in the Rye I read things like Les Miserables uh, let's see uh, The Portrait of Dorian Gray um, and then what is it Flowers for Algonon and then finally it was just all right, you're now in creative writing courses. So there wasn't a lot of uh, literature besides Shakespeare that we read.
2: So I went through Puerto Rican educational system (laughs) in a Catholic high school. So half of our literature was not even in English. It was in Spanish. So we had Spanish literature, like uh, Latino literature, Latinx literature. So, hey, you got to cut my education some slack. Like – We had a lot of English literature, and then we had to sort of also integrate that with Spanish literature.
1: And I don't think uh, *The Catcher in the Ride was ever translated into Spanish. So,
2: yeah, but we read uh, novels in English, quite a few. We read um, quite a few.
0: Can't even remember the titles. Yeah,
2: well, uh, yeah, I read like uh, *Night*, the one about the Holocaust. I read. um, I read that. Which one, the Anne Frank one, or? No, no, Knight.
0: No, it was Ellie, Ellie. what was it, Ellie Weasel. Oh, oh
1: Knight, Knight, Weasel. I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and and uh, Number of the Stars, which is also the Holocaust-related, you're starting to see a pattern here. Uh, I am. Um, yeah, uh, we read Beowulf, we read a lot of Shakespeare, so yeah. yeah.
0: Well, see, with me... I had to read it because I was in public middle school and public middle school and it was all like, nope, you're going to read this book and you're going to learn to call everyone a phony. And I'm just like, okay.
2: So after I read the Wikipedia, I was super interested in reading it.
0: Uh, I don't remember much about it, but I mean, it did seem like a uh, pretty, it, it, I, from what I can remember, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. My, my girlfriend actually had to reread it because she's read it a few times. Um... Because she is taking a J.D. Salinger class. But the thing is, is that I don't know why she's taking this class because she hates J.D. Salinger. She absolutely hates
1: him. <laughs> so she's taking a class on an author she doesn't like.
0: Exactly. I mean, she's an English major, so I, I kind of understand why she might have to but she hates his writing for some reason. I don't know. So when I was reading the Wikipedia
2: article and I was like, oh, this book is written by J.D. Salinger, the only thing I could think of is BoJack Horseman and how he's also the creator in BoJack Horseman of Hollywood stars and celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out, which is a game show. (laughs) And only BoJack Horseman fans will understand what I just, what I'm talking about.
1: Okay. Ever seen it? Um, I'm going to <laughs> say yes.
0: I'm just gonna smile and nod. Yeah, yes. Yeah, smile yeah pretty nod. much. So. And watch BoJack, and
2: then understand, and then actually laugh.
0: I'll make a mental note of that. Um, so uh, getting back into the the episode here, before we you know tangent ourselves away from Steven Universe entirely. Um,
1: yeah, because we were trying to do like 30 minutes, and it's probably not going to happen.
0: <laughs> uh, probably not.
1: So, all right. So he, Stephen goes throughout the episode trying to very much impress Connie. And doesn't he start the episode by kind of like staring at yeah. her from the beach? Sort of, I hate to say stalkery, but stalkery. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I, I know, I,
0: th- I thought it was that he was like, he was on his bike and he was trying to ride his bike through the Impressor. sand, but then he was like trying yeah. to like show off the bike But she's, like, so far away that she can't even, like, hear him, and he's, like, Uh, blaming off all these details about his bike, and then he tries to, like, get on it, and then he falls, and that's when she notices him.
2: He was trying, he was crushing on her, and then he was trying to impress her with his bike.
1: Which, developmentally, is appropriate.
2: Yeah, it is appropriate.
1: (laughs) He's finally finding someone that he, uh, he wants to sort of make a connection with, and you know the first thing boys kind of do is like here's my shiny new car when they see a girl that they like right yeah posturing here's my shiny new bike um but i like i like the crystal gems sort of reaction to it because amethyst is like oh my god you like a girl which is very which is very um yeah sibling like you know, so it kind of totally. solidifies. Yeah. yeah, it it solidifies that relationship with uh, Stephen and Amethyst. She's gonna pick on him. Oh my God, you finally like a girl. Oh, you like a girl. Like if she knew what cooties were, she'd probably say he had cooties. Pearl, Pearl wants to
2: sort of set up a play
0: date.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Pearl, uh, being
0: yeah, total mom yeah like let's set up a play let's contact these things let's get this play date completely set up we'll have her come over we're gonna have this huge event thing planned like it's she's a total mom about it
2: yeah only a total mom would call it a play date that's a total mom move
1: precisely so let, let's let's actually dissect that a little bit too because we're we've been talking about um throughout several episodes we've been talking about steven's development and inappropriate versus appropriate development his uh his whole thing of sort of being a child pearl's reaction is very much that reaction to uh of the mother of a toddler but it shows where she is developmentally also because we have to remember these women don't know how to be mothers moms they don't know how to be parents at all and they're sort of getting the hang of it so yeah let's set up a play date is developmentally appropriate if you are the mom of a toddler which is when we think about their lifespan is probably what they think of steven
2: yeah it's true and then garnet is like she's like the voice of reason and she's like no just talk to her you know be straight like just interact with her one way or another and let sort of things come up naturally And then we have another Steven developmentally appropriate reaction where he says, like, oh, you know, stay off because you'll mess up my funky flow. I love that part. So Yeah. So he's he's already saying, like, um, (laughs) you know, I have my own funky flow and I don't want you guys, you adults, to sort of interfere with it because I'm experimenting and I want to sort of find myself without you guys and yeah
1: and and actually that kind of goes back to like when kids are being dropped off from school they're like mom no drop me off like down the block i don't want people seeing me with you it's not that yes okay yes it is it, it is that they're embarrassed by their parents but it's not that they don't love their parents it's that developmentally they want to make an impression with their friends so all of this is where steven should be developmentally this is where he this is where We would say the quote unquote normal adolescent um, or pre-adolescent child would be at this point. He should be trying to make friends, trying to impress people um, and kind of being embarrassed with his mom's dropping him off for school. Yeah. But he doesn't have school. And we talked about that.
0: (laughs) And so what happens? I think it was more like you talked about that.
1: I talk about it a lot. Like, I don't get why these people in each City, <laughs> their kids are not in school. So then um,
2: Stephen bumps into uh, Connie and sort of the bubble
1: uh, p- pops up, which is part of his powers. And the bubble appears because the rocks started falling from the cliff, right? Yeah. OK, thank you, because I was having a the moment there. I was like, why did it just show up?
2: And it was sort of like a sort of defense mechanism came out of nowhere, but then he couldn't turn it off right hmm and so what we what do we think about that?
1: Oh, can I share my one? yeah, yeah,
2: go for okay. it okay
1: so and i and I loved the the whole artwork of the way the bubble appears because it starts off as a rose. So, of course, we're, we're, we're going back to another sort of Rose-centric theme in this episode. So if we go and we talk about where an adolescent or where a child should be developmentally, this is where our mom would be at, uh, developmentally also. She's still trying to protect her child, uh, making sure nothing's going to happen. His power is his mother's power of protection. So the bubble is his shield. And the first thing that happens is, of course, he tries to protect someone else. But in doing so, he's going to get um, injured if he lets the rock fall on him. And Rose comes out and protects him in the shape of this bubble. Now, we can also see it as sort of the helicopter parent also trying to ensure that her baby boy stays a baby boy. So, in other words, oh, my God. my. So, if we saw this as a, uh, a mom seeing her son have a crush on a girl for the first time. It's sort of like, Oh my God. Yay. My baby boy is developing. He's becoming a little man and everything like that. But then there's also that like, Oh, I still want him to be my baby boy. I still want him to be uh, protected. I don't want him to get hurt. And we all know little girls are going to hurt their sons. So um, that was my view on it. Everybody could tell me I'm wrong, but just that symbolism of the fact that it didn't just pop up as a bubble. It was it took on the full form of a rose before it actually turned into the bubble. So, that's my story, yeah. and I'm sticking to it.
0: No, I, I honestly, <laughs> you know, I 100% agree with what you're saying. Because I feel like, you know, when the rose kind of appears, they, like, they get enveloped in the rose. And then from there, when the rose disperses, now it's this protective shield. And... You're totally and I feel like you're totally right in the fact that it's more of like a helicopter parent sort of thing because with the, the even after the the rock is you know you know bounced away from the bubble they' you know they're safe and whatever he can't take he can't pop the bubble he doesn't know how, and so this can mm-hmm. on, obviously be seen as like the whole like what you said like oh, you know, they just want the you know the mom just wants them wants to protect her baby wants to keep uh keep her, her child as the baby and uh you know want them to always you know have to go to their mother and rely on their mother and it isn't until steven really starts showing that he's kind of becoming more open, more willing to try to and establish and become emotional with Connie you know later on in the episode is probably when rose is uh you know in in this sense with Rose is like, oh you know, I understand you know like he cares a lot about her, and you know this is uh like they seem like they'd be you know really good friends, so I'll approve of this, yeah. and that's when the bubble pops. Might I add though I am really shocked in Steven and especially Connie's ability to swim all the way from the bottom of the ocean in a trench, a freshly made trench, all the way up to the surface with very little breath considering they didn't expect the bubble to pop and she didn't get crushed by the pressure. I'm just saying like, that's impressive. I need to take some swimming lessons from Connie. Just throwing that out there. I, I,
2: I really like the sort of sort of metaphor and I'm gonna sort of give you an alternate sort of reading that I have before we jump into serious Steven. And okay. I think the bubble is Steven's own psychological defenses. And what happens is the rocks that start falling sort of put Steven in, in a in a situation where he has to be in close proximity to Connie. Right. And so once he's there, mm-hmm. he has to interact. And it's sort of his psychic defenses sort of telling him, uh, like, you don't feel comfortable, so you're guarded. And that's his bubble. That's him being guarded. Him trying to show the best part of him, sort of trying to posture in front of her, uh, telling her that Lars is basically his best friend. Um, And he's sort of trying to impress her. And it's not until he comes clean and he says, you know, I saw you on the parade. You left that bracelet. Like he let himself sort of be open with her and be comfortable in that relationship, that that guardedness was sort of, it sort of popped. Right. And it's sort of this, this first date sort of feeling where you have to wait for that moment where you click and suddenly you find something that you have in common and you can, it, it, the flow of the relationship is a lot smoother. And that's pretty much what, I, what sort of my interpretation
1: of what the the bubble sort of symbolized. Can totally see that point of view also. So now they they're stuck at the bottom of the ocean, and the bubble finally pops. I mean, what do we say about the bubble finally pops? Like you said, he's finally let his guard down, and he's being his authentic self, which allows him to sort of okay, I can put my guard down yeah. just a little bit. Um, and the cool thing is, like in all of this you know garnet is still like he has to sort of yeah. do things himself we get to see the the whole autonomy thing but we also get to see the crystal gems help him when really needs actually no they don't don't do they because he yeah, saves he the day himself
0: yeah he figures out how to overcome the the monster
1: so and that's and that's his own steven thinking which we you know has been an ongoing thing also is steven will discover his yeah. powers in his own Stephen way and steven has to th- think on his feet which he does very well on on different occasions um sometimes they don't do the best but sometimes they are very very helpful and this is one of those situations you know he was able to tie the um was no, this the centipede it, it
0: was like the snake. so many no. monsters no this was like an yeah, they don't think they really named the mon. They didn't really name this one. It was just the the monster that yeah. liked to eat glowing stuff.
1: Yeah. So, but he was able to kind of get it to trap itself. And this this victory he has
2: sort of gives the crystal gems the confidence to sort of bring in on his
1: first mission. So um, let's switch to Sir- Sirius Steven because this is his first his first yeah. serious mission. Um, So it starts off with him on the teacups.
0: Well, more like him on the floor, and there's (laughs) teacups everywhere.
1: All right. So they bring him on his first mission, and Garnet tells him he has to be serious. Um, We can't have another disaster like the teacups. Um, So they go into a sort of—guys, help me out here. Temple? Uh, Temple, right? Strawberry patch. Okay. So he wa- they, they go into a temple, um, and they decide to finally split up. So where does everybody go? Um
0: Um so Pearl and Amethyst kinda are, are kinda left to kinda do their own thing that you know, that they go together or they can go separately. But Garnet decides to step up for once and say that um Steven's gonna go with her and so it's to kinda show Steven the how serious things can be on these missions and how dangerous they can be and you know at least that's what i feel like that's what she's trying to do is to kind of slowly introduce him to these just how intense these scenes can be because if you notice through the rooms that they go through in the temple okay they each get increasingly more intense like um you know the first room it's the tiles he can he goes through that Pretty much with ease, it's only when there's like a, a sudden shake that he falls and he triggers the trap that, you know, and Garnet's able to save him. But again, you know, there's no real issues there. It's, and then in the second room, you know, he's left unsure of what's what exactly to do. He accidentally triggers the trap again, and even Garnet says, that's pretty intense. That was a close one because, um, you know, there's spikes that start coming down from the ceiling. So Garnet has to summon her gauntlets to try to keep them from crushing Steven. Hello. All the while, he's not being serious and he's trying to tune his ukulele while just kind of watching Garnet handle these th- this trap. And then in the third room, you know, you have the, the swinging blades. You have the this massive fire pit and everything. It gets to the point where Steven just completely blacks out and... um when you go from there uh garnet kind of carries him through the thing and while he's in this you know blacked out phase he remembers the teacups and
1: uh yes so the the the, the teacups is actually how he solves the puzzle of the root of the temple isn't it yeah yes so he's able to um finally go through everything And he realizes that the whole temple is sort of like the teacup. So the whole thing spins, but each teacup spins individually, which is why he kept getting motion sickness, which was how he kind of figured out what was going on. Um, And once he did that, it was um, Garnet who kind of punched Mm -hmm. through the floor.
0: Yes, and then that's when uh, they saw that everything was spinning. And then Pearl gives a really nice elaborate explanation to basically what steven said um and from there um he's with garnet again he says to garnet you know oh i'm ready to get off the ride now because in the teacup ride he got motion sickness and he said he was ready to get off the ride and he just promptly decided to just walk off the teacup why (laughs) i have no idea but he's he th- must have thought it was a really great idea to just walk off this teacup ride when he's suspended probably 20, 30 feet in the air. And from there, that's what causes the whole teacup accident. So he, you know, he, darn it, throws him off from the, the spinning platform that they're on. And from there, he's able to take the gem, pull it off the temple, and the temple explodes. And here he is finally holding the uh, the gem that he had actually uh, accomplished um the mission
1: okay so steven's able to finally solve the he solves the puzzle of the of the of the temple he gets the 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 crystal and i'm going to say what i keep saying and mark doesn't see it i'm kind of upset at mark at this moment because he doesn't i want everybody to go back to this episode so this is season one episode eight what was the name of this episode serious steven part one i think serious steven serious steven everybody and you get to see the inside of the temple when Garnet goes to throw Steven, This is a white diamond temple. So, FYI, everybody, I keep doing this wrong. Spoilers.
0: <laughs> um. Yes, that was a major spoiler.
1: So I'm assuming that everybody has, and anybody who's listening to this podcast actually has watched Steven Universe and is into Steven Universe because you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast um, if you weren't. Uh. So White Diamond is like a huge thing and in this episode you see manifestations of, or um, Mm -hmm. not manifestations, sort of like little statues and replicas of what White Diamond uh, does look like, which you find out in what season is it, Mark? Uh season 5. Okay, so so you you have to watch like four more seasons, but you get to finally see White Diamond and then look at that, then come back to this episode and then look at that and then come back to this episode and you will see that it looks just like White Diamond's face.
0: Yes, and for those of you who um are watching the episodes along with us and have not are wrong. I, I wasn't going to go there, but I was going to say for those who <laughs> are watching the episodes along with us and have not watched it before one, I apologize. We apologize for the spoilers. And two, um, if you're curious about who white diamond is, just stick around, keep watching it. You're in for a really, really fantastic and wonderful ride. Um, because eventually white diamond will be um explained and everything and it'll be cool that we're talking like we do you know we do a drop a subtle thing like this now or i can't really say subtle but a small thing like this now and then you know you can And then when we get to when we finally get up to those episodes um you can kind of look back and be like oh wow they were right or oh wow she was wrong (laughs) You know, it's up to you to decide. But all in all, uh, I mean, it. you know, Kat says this. I personally don't. I mean, I see the the correlations, the similarities, but I just kind of find it hard to believe that it is a White Diamond thing. And that'll be explained once we finally get all the way down there and we delve more into what little bit we know of White Diamond's character at that point. So I'll just leave it at that.
1: I think that is pretty much all we have to talk about on those things. I mean, in all honesty, this is this episode. I mean, again, we are trying a new sort of format. Um, So, again, Garnet does try to give Steven a little bit more autonomy in this one. And it is more of that whole situation of where... um, you can see the differences in parenting styles between Garnet and Pearl. Um, Pearl is very, oh my God, you know, like she would be the parent who has a backpack at all times with a first aid kit and an asthma pump, even though Steven does not have asthma. Um, and, And Garnet is the parent who is... Like, no, let him go play on the swings that are six feet off the ground and, um, you know, has uh, concrete underneath them and not rubber mats because kids get scraped up. They have to learn how to play uh, with each other and that's about it. Um, So this is that episode where we kind of get to see Garnet sort of taking the lead on parenting Steven um, and showing him that, yes, you can be serious. Yes, and, and still kind of, Um, be yourself you can also focus on the things that you like or you can pay like you can pay attention to to this um to this mission if you're going to pay attention to this mission then guess what you're not going to be tuning your ukulele. so it's either do you want to be serious steven and show show us that you are part of the crystal gems or do you want us to still kind of keep treat you like that little kid she lets him make make his own mistakes um and still kind of control gives him some type of control but still maintaining control so that he's not getting injured not in terrible danger um and she's able to see where she really should intervene i think that's pretty much it for these episodes is there anything you guys want to share um actually i think we lost jean so anything else you want to share mark i no i think you kind of really
0: uh, yeah uh i don't i think you kind of summed up everything pretty well um you know, with Bubble Buddies. You have steven trying to open up and trying to establish a friend with someone who isn't uh from Beach City, um, and uh, we don't know that yet. Yeah, no, we do because
1: uh, oh, that's right. She just she, she mentions, mentions the fact that dad, her dad, her dad travels with the security thing for the beaches. Yes. So we know but that does she really say she doesn't live around there? She's
0: like, we don't stay around very like we don't stay around in one place for too long. So that me that that implies uh-huh. that she's constantly moving. So okay. she, I don't think she's from Beach City considering she's only coming back like this whole one year like one like I, I guess you can't really say a year afterwards, but you know, after some time after this parade yeah. happened. But, um, you know, you have Steven trying to establish a connection with someone who isn't, you know, someone that he normally interacts with. And plus, it's also someone from the opposite uh, gender. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, you have these, you know, like, you know, Gian said with these possible psychological defenses in terms of that's why they're kind of stuck in this bubble. And then, you know, in terms of serious Steven, where he's trying to establish himself as a crystal gem but he still has these childlike tendencies to forget about what exactly is, is more important in terms of what's going on in the mission, um, like with the ukulele, for yeah. example. Um, But again, you know, he still manages to figure things out in his own way, and he still proves his worth in his role in his own way, not necessarily in the way that um, the gems might necessarily expect. Uh, but that, that's all I really have.
1: I will post everybody's Twitter in our notes. Um, I will also put down that the there are some spoilers in the episode.
0: Major spoilers.
1: I guess we're major spoilers. There are major spoilers. I will put that definitely in a notes. Um, and until next time, guys. Yes, we will be recording frequently. Um, so you can find me at uh, at K8. K A T M F T on Twitter and on Instagram. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Queedz ninety six.
0: That is spelled C U I R I Z ninety six. And on Instagram, I'm pretty sure that is also the same. Um, uh, it's the same Queedz uh ninety six. If you uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's M Queedz ninety six. Gotta have my initial in there.
1: Oh, of course.
0: But if you want, you know, want to want to reach out uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, f- please feel free to. Um, I love talking about Steven Universe. Um, so if you have any sort of comments, questions, you want to geek out, you want to join our Geek Therapy Discord and have a little duet or a sing-off competition, I am <laughs> more than willing to uh, participate.
1: And you can get Gene on Twitter at Psychogonically. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to spell that out because seriously, it's A P S Y C H O G O N I C A L L Y. And I will, of course, put links to all of that in our notes. So until next time, guys, bye.
0: Bye.